0: Hey guys, it's Matt, or you may know me as Milks, and this is my podcast. So what's it all about? Well, I'm just your average 40-something dad that loves to game and talk tech, as well as relate with the stresses of modern day life. So come on in, grab a drink, and listen as we cover topics, stories, and welcome some of my fellow gaming parents on the show. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, please drop a follow. It's very much appreciated. So hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast again. We are now on episode six. It's uh, yes. Come around quick. Uh, Episode six, hopefully seven before Christmas. But if not, this might be the final one. Uh, And it's a really, really nice story. This one uh, to to get to episode six and, and invite this guest on. I am breaking the rules a little bit because my guest doesn't have children. But the way I figured it was I have kids. Therefore, at least one of my guests has children then we qualify as a dad car. So, I, you know, I'd be in the host with the kids. I'll qualify as the dad. But this guy just really intrigued me. Um, I listened to um, his podcast. His podcast only recently started. There's now four episodes. Uh, one is an intro and then three uh, concurrent episodes, which I finished listening to just before we started this. Um, and again, very interesting guy. Only 23, uh, I thought 24, but only 23 years of age, which makes me feel very, very old. Um, but this guy has done quite a lot already. And I thought this might be interesting. There's a lot of Instagrammers that I, I hang out with that are around this age. Instagram is a wonderful thing because it does bring together lots of different ages. Um, and you don't, feel, you don't feel that there's lots of different ages on Instagram. You don't kind of have that vibe of, I'm talking to a really young guy here. I think everyone is creative. Uh, everyone's into their tech. Therefore, they're pretty switched on. Um, so I thought this guy would be great to get on. And hear about his podcast, how he started it up, and how it's been going so far. So, this guy is called Grant Rudo. I hope I pronounced that right. R u d o w. Thank you. Um, he's twenty three years old from Mississippi. I'm working my way for, away around the US. It seems a lot of US visitors so far, which is which is amazing. And getting to learn all these accents and things. Um, but his podcast is called Learn Something New, uh, and his Instagram is lodestardev, Dev, which I believe may be changing soon um, as he changes theme. But um, yeah, great page, great guy. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to welcome Grant into the studio. Welcome, Grant.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having yeah. me. Um, this is Thank my first in. podcast interview. so this it, I know, I know. A little this is nervous. Back and forth. Yes. Don't be nervous,
0: <laughs> trust me. Like I said before you came on, I tend to wing these things and it's done me well <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, I'm actually quite impressed because you've gone off and done the solo podcast thing, which is I find really difficult. So you've, you've nailed that so far.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I know when I first started it, I didn't really know if I wanted to do a solo or do like interviews, kind of like Max, um, his podcast. And I decided that, especially right now, like everybody's got different schedules coming along with Christmas break. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it and see if I can do a solo one. Um, And it's kind of turned into more of a challenge for me, just understanding how to like put all my ideas into a coherent 30, 20, 30 minute episode. Uh, without yeah. it just kind of rambling you know, and rambling, rambling. Yeah, yeah i think
0: that's the biggest challenge and like i said last last week's episode or last week like, yeah it was only a few days ago it was an hour and 47 minutes um now some of that's probably because you've got three people three personalities three ideas and three points of view so i would expect those to be longer but even the ones where i've been hanging out with one person they have gone well over the hour mark my challenge tonight is to keep this fun and keep it to an hour that's the challenge because <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a talker. But so far, it seems like people who have listened to these have uh, have taken something from it. And the feedback I keep getting is that they're quite honest and quite authentic. And I think that's why I'm, I'm quite keen not to script these so much and just keep them casual, see where they go, have a laugh. Um, and hopefully it's enjoyable for people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I loved it, especially like even your intro, um, when you did the solo one, I listened to that in the car and I was like, okay, I could do an intro to Mm. myself. So then I was talking to my wife and we, she wanted to start a podcast too. And we listened to the rest of yours. And I was like, okay, I loved them because it sounded like you were just sitting in the room. Like I felt like I was part of the conversation with you and your guests, but I wasn't actually contributing to it. Um, but everything said seemed very real and it wasn't, like I know there's a lot of interview podcasts out there that do feel scripted and some of them are more formal and are meant to be more formal, but I've always been able to relate to a more informal, just kind of sitting around a campfire chatting Um, kind of feel
2: so
0: you want them to be quite a nice kind of um casual background noise while you're doing the washing up and you know you're tidying the house or you're driving in the car that's the way I feel and you want it you want a bit of a giggle every now and again as well it's nice to have a bit of a laugh and if they're they're too technical too serious like I said too scripted I I I find I might enjoy one episode but I struggle to come back to them you know I just think it was good but it didn't grab me. So hopefully by keeping it kind of quite light hearted and, uh, and quite self depreciating, embarrassing and funny, you know, it just, it gives everyone <laughs> something that they can relate to. But, um, yeah, I mean, interestingly, the very first one that I recorded was immediately after being on the podcast with Chelsea, uh, Horn and Michael Soldad, um, it was around midnight, and I was just on that high coming off that one. Pretty much, probably like you were feeling, like yeah. coming to that first one, getting those nerves, and then once you hit stop on 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 the thing, you're like, "Yes, I nailed it! I did it!" <laughs> and then I was kind of riding that high. And I, I don't even think I was thinking of doing one before the the recording, but immediately afterwards, I stayed up till about one a.m. And I was like, "Right, what have I got to do?" Went onto Google, looked at where do you host it. I didn't know anything. Where do I host them? How yeah. do I record it? How do I? How do I get it on Spotify? How do I get it on Apple? I had no idea. But by about one thirty a.m., I was done. I'd recorded that intro. I was a little tipsy. If you if you listen back to that first one, because it was quite late, I'd had a couple of glasses of wine to like loosen the nerves. Yeah. Uh, that that first one was definitely a little bit more loose tongued than uh, the subsequent ones. But you know, sometimes you just got to do these things. You just got to go for it.
1: Yeah, I think that was the important thing like I remember listening to yours and you saying that you had just finished with Michael and Chelsea and that you were just recording it because you felt inspired to do it and I remember as soon as I heard that I was like you know what like what's the point of waiting around because I used to intend to be the kind of person who would want to do something but then try to research and research and research so especially the last couple months I've been trying to just give like put aside all the research and just kind of record it and put it up and go for it. And I kind of did the same thing you did. As soon as my microphone came in, I just recorded a podcast and uploaded it and never really looked back. Um, And I've I've learned that it's a lot easier to learn how to do things while you're actually kind of in the trenches doing it rather than trying to prepare 100%. for every possibility yeah. that could go wrong. so
0: That is exactly right. Funny enough, I have this conversation at work, is that I am a learn-by-doing person rather than a learn-by-reading. So I'm very, very bad at retaining information if I read it on a page. I don't know why, but I would have to read the same page three times because i just zone out. Whereas you know, I was always good at things like uh, uh, what, we, what we, we, call it, we call it woodwork here. You might call it workshop mm-hmm. or woodwork, art, um, you know, obviously physical sports, all this. So anything that was just doing um i was very good at retaining information obviously you have got to enjoy doing it that's a big part of it but if uh, even subjects that i enjoyed doing if i had to learn dates times you know all that sort of stuff parrot fashion i really really struggled so again this was something that was you can be distracted by a lot of noise right when you're learning yep. all these things or you're planning to learn something and I, I obviously listened on your podcast you said you jumped into illustrator mm-hmm. um and i i'm i'm a big big fan of of self teaching yourself um youtube is a great resource to jump on i know you you went on a course um for that particular one but there's so much stuff you can find out online there really is no excuse yes there is a certain buy-in for equipment um and we're obviously very very lucky to have the equipment that we have but i would say podcasts are probably one of the uh areas where there's very little buy-in because you could just do it on a phone everyone has a phone pretty much these days You can record your audio on an iPhone or an Android phone and and you you could have a podcast up the next day.
1: Yeah, I think that's really what intrigued me is because you do like YouTube and you have to have the camera and the lights and everything. And with podcasting, you could really just plug in your Apple headphones that you get with the phone and Mm. just record. Um, I know when I started, I wanted to get some nicer equipment just because I knew that it would take me a little bit to kind of get my content into line. So I was like, I don't want people to just give up on it because it has poor audio for the first couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of counteracting that side of it. But you could 100% just plug your headphones in your phone and press record and be have a podcast up in 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think this is, this is probably a little vanity project, isn't it? We've got our, our little studios and things, but it's kind of like you think, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. I want to feel like I'm doing it right. I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm cu- like cutting corners or lowjacking it. I want to be like, right, I'm doing this properly now. Then it exposes you that there's no excuses. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you have to be doing it right. When you look as good as you, I mean, you could like be on a professional podcast, <laughs> but people can't see this, but Grant's lighting in his room right now is like Hollywood level. Mine looks like a gamer's bedroom. Uh, <laughs> I scrap those together. <laughs> and sometimes the quick things work. You know, that light is is really, really nice. But um, yeah, you know, you you don't have to spend a four, to get going it's the same for everything but if you take it seriously and you want to get onto that next level then obviously equipment gives you that next boost up um, you you have one of the things which I am obviously very jealous of <laughs> and I very much want to get one of these in the new year I actually found one local this is a this is the roadcaster pro everyone that we're talking about here um Chelsea has one uh, Grant has one I'm not sure if Michael has one I don't think he I think he, he just does.
1: got one did he on oh.
0: Instagram yeah I'm like the odd one out here. I feel really, really bad, but I'm like, right, I got a, I got a bonus coming from work. Um, it's about it will about cover that. It's only a small, small kind of a uh, bonus this year because obviously the year's been pretty sucky with, uh, with COVID and everything. But it's like that will, that will pretty much pay for that. So, I found one local. There's, a, there's a music shop I found out this, um, only about five miles from me, and it's actually mm-hmm. the cheapest place selling it online. Funnily enough, in my hometown, I'm like, yeah. that's one. That's a sign. Like that's the cheap that's the cheapest one, happen. right? Exactly. Well they're now five hundred and fifty pounds on Amazon or six hundred pounds, which I'm yeah. guessing is like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and, I think and, it was
1: six thirty after tax here. Yeah, so. that's
0: I mean that's gone up. That's obviously yeah. that's that's COVID pricing right there, which is which is which is nuts. But um I found one for about four hundred and forty pounds, which I think is actually retail. That's what they should yeah. be. Um which I'm guessing is about five five hundred dollars, five twenty, something like that. Yeah. So I, I'd made this... If you've listened to my previous podcast, you talk, I talk about secret shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I do this quite a lot. Again, why I don't push my wife to listen to these podcasts. If she listens to them, great. But I yeah. don't push it because I do bring out the secret shopping aspect. And I was like, right, this shop has one. It's open between 10 and 4 tomorrow. It's near my parents. I could make up a story that I need to go and drop <laughs> something off. And then I could slide into the shop, buy it, uh, put it on the credit card until the bonus comes through and then uh, you know I'm away and I can have it on the podcast for tonight and then part of me thought she's gonna see it <laughs> <laughs> if I'm setting it up for tonight she's gonna see it and I'm gonna get in trouble yeah so I was, uh, and then I started kind of chickening out and going right no 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 just wait wait until you got the money and then you can clearly explain you bought it cash you're not getting a loan or anything like that so that that is up on my uh my 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 Christmas list to myself is going to yeah. be the Rodecaster Pro when that comes in. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, as you know, I use Blue mics for most of the other stuff. I'm uh, kind of working with them on, on the new project across the room, and they they kindly sponsored these ones. But they don't do, obviously, a, a kind of a mixer. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's where I can't be brand loyal. Otherwise, I would. But um, uh, Mark over at Blue said, look, for now, get yourself uh, one of the Scarlets. Um, I forget the brand, but he said, uh-huh. like, £100. Get those and you'll be away. So, yep, I'm I'm going to join the RODECaster Pro family hopefully in the new year.
2: Yeah, it's,
1: it's a lot of fun to play with. I know when I first got it in, I think it was about a week ago, I was just playing with it all afternoon um, <laughs> and I picked up some pod mics with it. And funny story about it is the pod mics, I don't know about in the UK, but in the States, like you cannot find them anywhere. They're always sold out. So yeah. I remember I found a demo unit online and I bought that. And then there were two that came, like I bought two sets of two, on like Best Buy and another um, audio store. And then they said that they weren't gonna be shipping anytime soon, but I was like, okay, I'll just buy them. So I'm like on the list to get it. And then a t- like two days later, both of them said they were shipping them. So I ended up getting like six pod mics at my house. And so I've I've been having to return them all throughout oh, the no. week, but, <laughs> but I, I think I had like the biggest stash of pod mics in this area for a long time.
0: You were scalping them. You'd be like yeah. the PlayStation five people. Yeah. But at least, at least you're returning them. That's 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 the main thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Tech this year has been crazy. Um. Again, listening to your last podcast, uh, which I think that is going to be a segment which runs uh, every few times, which was the talk about tech. Yeah. Uh, and the two things you spoke about was uh, cyberpunk, obviously being a big one. It's obviously a hot topic right now um and i think then it was going on to the iphone uh updates and the new iphone yeah. and then the um, airpods
1: max too and the
0: airpod max yeah of course obviously yeah. in the last last show we obviously uh, were ribbing michael a bit because <laughs> his video got a got a lot of heat um but um yeah you know it's been a crazy year for tech everything seems to be either inflated in price or it's just selling out so fast um it, it's actually quite hard to find what you want to get yeah um,
1: i i feel like a lot of it I've started to notice this. It seems like a lot of YouTubers, especially, I don't think they make up the entire inventory, but it seems like a lot of people are buying it, reviewing it, and then returning it. I know mm. like the AirPods Max have been out of stock everywhere, but everybody seems to be returning them after they review them. So it's it's kind of created this weird marketplace where you either get it right when it's released or you have to wait for all the returns to come in and pick up one. Yeah, um, that's
0: a really good point, actually, because I, I said this, to, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was in the car with someone um and talking about if you have like you know you have a a credit card which you assign for tech you know Mm -hmm. you've got a few thousand pounds on it i always thought you buy it you keep it and then you sell it second hand you lose money on it but i was thinking the same thing you could literally just buy something review it keep the box pristine take it back and say you know it was an unwanted gift or something yeah you you could do that so you've always got the latest tech
1: that's what I, I realized that probably like a month ago. And I was like, there's hmm. no way. Cause there's a lot of, I would say smaller creators on YouTube that are like getting all, they would get a Mac pro, a Mac air and all the new iPads. And I was like, there's no way they can How? afford. And like, they don't need all these computers. No. And then I was like, well, maybe cause especially with COVID, a lot of the return policies have been extended. So yeah. I know like Best Buy, you can buy something now and return it at the beginning of February. So That's you crazy. had like more than 30 days to do it and it takes you what a week to film a video and record everything and just return it uh so i kind of understand it but at the same time you're not i don't feel like that could really be considered a review i think it's more of a first impressions kind of yeah, thing
0: unboxing first impressions i mean that's that's the thing i know what i'm like and i know if i bought it with the intention of returning it it would still be on my desk four months later because I'm like, yeah, oh, I really yeah. like it. I don't want to give it back. I don't like returning tech at the best of yeah. times. So I've like behind my PC here is a pile of keyboards, mouse mats, mice. You know, I've got a drawer here <laughs> with, with with two more in. You know, and they just I got mouses spilling out of everywhere. You know, I just can't seem to get rid of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it would be dangerous if I started buying Apple products at five hundred thousand pound ago. Yeah. Um, I, I would be in serious debt in no time at all.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a dangerous game to play. Uh, But I do think if for like the AirPods Max, for example, because it is such like a out there, it's not like just a new upgraded MacBook Pro. I could kind of see the justification behind it because like you would try it. And if you really just didn't like it, go ahead and return it. Um, But it is creating kind of a weird environment for like Apple and the sellers themselves because they're they make all this product. It sells out, but then it all gets returned. But then the next time comes around, they're like, do we make more this time? Because or do, we know we're all going to get it back. Like it's kind of a hard inventory management.
0: Like you said, it's created a weird market, almost like a false start. So you're yeah. almost like the, the first one's like, yeah, okay, let's not kind of get too ahead of ourselves here because the you know, a two million of those units are YouTubers and that stock's gonna hit the market again soon. Um so yeah, no, that is very, very strange, but I guess that's that's the the poison chalice of content creation is you always wanna be at the forefront and i was saying this again to the uh, guys in the last podcast is like you know i don't have that sort of cash flow where i can continuously buy the latest thing i'm always even though my stuff looks cool it's not the top end you know even like my graphics card my motherboard all that sort of stuff it looks great but it's by no means you know the top end and i think that's that's a misconception most people have when they see us on instagram is they just think we're all min- millionaires and oh, you we've know, yeah. all got the latest stuff and you do pick your stuff quite carefully you build up over time and you know it, you this case in particular always makes PCs look amazing. The Dynamic Zero One One by Lian Li—it's it, it, of you know almost an oversaturated case now. But it's one of those that makes any setup punch above its weight. But you know when you break down the components and the specs of the parts, it's, it's fairly underwhelming to be honest with you. But you know you could just just go for it and buy so much stuff. But I, I think the reality is a lot of people have have built up over time, and you know people aren't, aren't rich even if yeah. that's the perception that comes across. I mean,
1: the amount of times I get, I only have just shy of like 2,000 followers and the amount of times per week, people DM me asking me to send them iPhones and computers. And I'm like, I'm a college, like I'm in grad school still. I am not bringing mm-hmm. in any money. Like a lot of this stuff on my desk, I've just had and like brought with me. I think my PC when I built it was like $800 total. I just kind of scrapped together parts. And like, I do have the RODECaster Pro and I do have good microphones and a camera, but again, all the camera equipment I've had. And whenever Mm -hmm. I'm buying something new, I'll look at and be like, okay, is there a potential to make money off of this, whether it be in resale or in actual like content production. So I would rather spend the money on like a softbox light and a new camera than Mm -hmm. like a desk mat, even though a desk mat would make my photos look bigger. I feel like I try to look at the direct benefit from it. Um, and that's kind of why I went with the Rodecaster pro and the pod mics is a, it was going to be great quality. And B it kind of clicked in my head that, okay, this is not just something for fun. I'm going to actually try to do this and commit to it. And it just is kind of like that over like arching factor into it that I can't just give up on it after two episodes. I have to, I have all this equipment now I have to use it. So. Yeah, it
0: looks fantastic in photos as well, which is a Thank you. bonus.
1: <laughs> yeah, road actually DM'd me the other day and like, can we use your photos on our account? And I was like, yes, you can. Go for it. A
0: hundred percent. Bring those follows. Bring those follows in. But um, yeah. that, that, I think it was um, episode two of your podcast when you were talking about, um, and again, you make it sound like you've done so much. Like I'm 41 and, you know, my <laughs> 20s are a blur, but you were talking about, you know, getting into doing uh, property uh kind of video i think it was or drones and things you bought yourself a drone and uh you killed all your your uh your graduation money on it and uh, and got this drone and stuff but it was quite interesting to me because obviously my day job is i work in property and i do all the photography and all the listings and things like that so you know that kind of resonated with me but um you know for people who haven't listened to your podcast yet do you want to kind of go into kind of some of your experiences in photography and videography and where where that came from
1: yeah. So I have always been, my mindset has always been like, how hard can it be? I'll see people doing stuff and I'm like, oh, I could probably figure that out. Like in the spring, I learned how to code a little bit because I had seen mm. people making apps and stuff and I was like, ah, oh, that can't be that difficult. Um, so that's kind of like my challenge to myself. So back in high school, um, the fall of my senior year, I had torn my ACL. So I had to get like a complete knee reconstruction surgery. Yeah, um, done that as well. And I was really, I was on a lot of sports teams in high school and that was my life. And basically that all ended. Um, Mm. So right after Christmas time that year, I was going to physical therapy every day and I was just bored and had nothing to do. And that was right when DJI was coming out with all the new drones. And it was, I think it was the phantom two pro. So like before the Mavic came out, this was like the big chunky white one, yeah. Um, and I was watching all these videos and I was like, this would be awesome. I feel like I could do this. So I wanted to get this drone, but I had no money to get it. Cause back then they were 1500, $1,600. Yeah. Um, so I went to my parents and I was like, Hey, can this be like a late Christmas gift? And they were like, no, that's insane. Like, we're not just going to give you, my dad <laughs> is like very, um, he's in the business world. He's always been in stocks and you know, finance side of things. So he was always like, you have to be able to, this is probably where I get it from he's like, you have to be able to justify a purchase. He's like, and I'm not just going to give you money. You have to go earn it and get it yourself. Um, so a lot of the technology I had growing up was stuff that I had purchased myself. Yeah. Um, uh, but this was the first time I was going to them and I was like, I just need some money. Maybe you could lend it to me and I'll pay you back. Um, you and they a kept saying plan, no. if I'm
0: not mistaken, yeah. if I so remember from your podcast, <laughs> I literally
1: sat there one afternoon and made, my dad loves Excel spreadsheets. So I had yep. the spreadsheet with like the projected revenue and I had the PowerPoint to go along with it. I, I think I named it like Falcon Eye Photography, uh, and I had called a couple of realtors, and I was like, "Okay, like, would you be interested in this?" And this was like before drones were a staple in everybody's house, so yeah, a lot of them were like, "Oh yeah, it would be, property. yeah, it'd be really cool." And back then, if you wanted a drone photography or video, it would cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So I was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'll come in for half the price and still make a couple thousand dollars." Yeah. Um, so I did that and presented it to them, and finally they are like, "Okay." if you can make it back in a year, go for it. So I got the drone. And uh, like I said, in my podcast, I just kind of learned that I was terrible at actually making videos because I had never made a video before. So Mm. I remember the first day I got the drone and I was flying around my house and I opened up like Windows Movie Maker to try and make this like budget film. Mm. And it was horrible. (laughs) And then then I tried out Adobe Premiere and it burned my graphics card out in this like (laughs) Dell laptop I had. So yeah, then I had to go get the MacBook Pro. So it was like even more money invested in my parents were like, okay, this better pay off at some point. It's a
0: slippery slope, isn't it?
1: Exactly. So then by the summer though, I started to get a lot more traction just because I had stuff kind of in the backlog where I could be like, look at all the work I've done. I'm not just somehow, because at the time I was 18 years old, like no one really believed in an 18 year old. Um, So it was just kind of throwing stuff at walls until it stuck. And finally, I ran into some people that were somewhat interested, and I didn't really get paid anything that summer. Uh, But towards the end of it, it really started to pick up. And then when I went off to school, I did some work uh, with the sororities at school. Um, And those were more higher budget things where I would rent. I remember I rented uh, two Sony cameras and a bunch of lenses and a Ronin. And that was my big movie production. And that actually did really, I think it has like 17,000 views on... YouTube right now. And I only had like 30 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Uh, oh, awesome. So like that was when it started to hit big and that was when it was bringing in a considerable amount of income for me. Um, so that's kind of how I f- fell in love with video and photography as school went on. I'm an accounting major, so school got harder and harder say, and that's, harder.
0: That's the different kind of line of, so that's going to be the kind of, that's what's going to pay the bills. Obviously yeah. my, my brother-in-law is an accountant and he, he's on good money uh, for his age and i think it's just a very very good sensible path to go as a as a career but probably not going to excite you um so it's good to have those kind of those sidelines where you you know you can get your creativity out um you know youtube is obviously one of the main ones i find youtube so hard so i find that it's out out of everything i've done you know instagram um which is a big grind uh tiktok which is just blows my mind it's completely random youtube I find the hardest one because it's the one where I think people expect the highest presentation value, uh, or at least certainly I put that on myself, that yeah. it should look a certain way, um, but it's scripting, editing, performing, lighting. I mean, I, for me, that is a tough art.
1: Yeah, I think that was, I I had done a couple of YouTube videos uh, recently, and I was looking at that compared to podcasting, and with YouTube, if you're not keeping the viewer interested, like every 20 seconds, they're going to click off the video. So I would like Mm. have to script out everything you're going to say and make sure that there's something to intrigue them every 30 seconds so that they stay interested in it compared to podcasting where you can have those couple slip-ups throughout the podcast, but people aren't just going to turn it off because they're listening to it while they're doing something passively. So that's why I looked at podcasts. I was like, I think this is a better, um, path to get more involved in content creation rather than just jumping straight into youtube where it's like a whole nother beast and especially now i think a few years back you could get away with not having the best production quality but now there's so many channels out there that are with 4k editing and they have Mm. professional editors and it's just hard to compete with those unless you have like amazing quality which is difficult to do in the tech space because there's so many great tech reviewers out there and i think Michael was saying it a couple episodes ago on Copy with Creators. There's so many like everybody's doing unboxings and tech reviews that it's boring at this point. I, I used to love watching unboxing videos, but same. now it's just boring because everybody's got the same opinion because kind of like what we were saying earlier, no one's actually reviewing it before they do the video. They're just getting the product in and making the video that afternoon. So it's, yeah. you kind of need to find a different angle on it. And I don't think I was prepared to find that angle at the moment um so yeah,
0: it's an expensive angle like you say you've got to keep the product and you've got to actually use it um you know i i, I i'm a big fan of those unboxing videos lou from unbox therapy is kind of yeah. my go-to guy and i think it's because he's a bit older he looks a bit like me when i've got the short beard you know and I, I kind of resonate with him thinking i can sit on a table with no luxury backdrop yeah um and do that then i actually watched the studio tour and i saw how much professional equipment they yeah. had to make that <laughs> to make it look so simple actually required a lot of expensive cameras lighting you know, and then obviously you got his his kind of business partner who's behind the camera editing it all. Uh, you know, and it's this little kind of machine they've set up to, to to knock out that that regular content. And equally, you kind of get the sense with Lou he knows what he's talking about. Like, I'm not I'm not a really kind of overly intelligent tech guy. I kind of i use tech, but yeah. I think there's a big difference between using tech and being good at using tech and actually knowing the nuts and bolts was behind the device. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Chelsea was very much like this on the last episode, was saying that, you know, you, you could pretty much read a spec sheet from Google. I don't know whether it would come across as sincere because yeah. I would very much just be reading out stuff. I have no idea what I'm I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, Lou on Onbox Therapy, he does a good job of, you can tell he knows what he's talking about, but he's not just spitting facts into your face. He kind of like, molds it into what a normal person would actually care about yeah simplifies Uh, it yeah so i think that's what makes it a lot more intriguing than just going on and spitting off the top 10 facts off of apple's website because that's when it gets really boring and no one really cares about like the codec of the camera because i would say 90 percent of the people watching the video don't actually know what that means nor do they care what it means 100 percent
0: yeah no i agree i agree it's um it's definitely for me i think podcast for me suits my lifestyle uh how quickly you can get these out like if you wanted to, we could upload this tonight you yep. know that sort of thing there is, is very little post editing in particular if you 're recording it by yourself like you 're doing um, yeah. you know it 's literally press stop you know as long as you 've not made any huge mess ups add the intro, add the outro away you go and it's out there to the world um and i don 't feel like podcasting feels as saturated you know they say it's a rapidly expanding uh source of uh social media but um it, it it doesn't feel like it's like youtube where like you said there is people doing it um just a crazy level of tech reviewers um, yeah. this, this still feels like a fairly new space and there's enough different spaces you know like my my kind of niche obviously going into that kind of dad zone and and relating and, and stuff there might not be that many guys out there doing it although there's a yeah. lot of people with the same name i did figures but, yeah. I thought <laughs> i thought i was a genius when i came up with that title like dad cast podcast Clearly, there's like a lot of other dads who had the same idea. So yeah. uh, it's quite hard to find me for the first time. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. It feels like it's it's uh, it's a comfort zone for me.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot for my own sanity is that when you go on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can't see how many times it was listened to. So like, there's no view count or like mm. count. And so I feel more secure, like when other people are looking it up, they're not gonna look at it and be like, okay, this kid, it gets... 10 views per episode or 10 listens per episode. Like, they really have no idea how much people are listening to it, yeah um, which kind of makes me feel a little bit better about it. Like, I can see the numbers on the back end side of things, but it's not as, like, I know a lot of times on YouTube, I'll scroll through and if something has a thousand views and there's another video that has 200,000 views, I'm more likely to click on the one with 200,000. Um, but I think on podcasting, it's a completely different platform, yeah. which is nice. Yeah.
0: We, yeah, we we tend to focus on the numbers. I mean, Instagram has been uh, there's been another change we think recently. In yeah, the last couple it's a of days. mess. It's a real mess. Like the no, even from a a design perspective, like a UI perspective, it, it's not intuitive. The way they've no. moved these buttons around and added. Like I've got five accounts uh, between like personal ones, royalty RGB, uh, my account, my now my dadcast, and. A couple of them updated, a couple haven't. they have yep. just added this double tap your your image to switch between profiles. And I keep accidentally switching between That's, profiles. I've done that
1: all day today.
0: Oh, man, it's killing me. It's absolutely killing me. Like the notification being at the top. When you've got a big phone, like I've got the XS Max. Yeah. Um, and it's a long way to get to your notifications. um, And stuff like that. Adding the, the shopping thing. I mean, you know, nice Dude. touch to be able to buy on Instagram. But whoever has bought on Instagram, and I get you know, it's got to start somewhere, but maybe don't just slap it straight where notifications were. Well, it because seems,
1: I was talking to somebody makes. who does like UI design and they were saying that it, it's really like dirty UI. Like they knew that you were going to click where the notifications were and where the create post button. So they put their yeah. new features right there. And like, I don't want to shop on it and half, I don't know about you, but half the stuff on my shop page is like cheap AliExpress knockoffs. Yeah that no one would buy in the first place.
0: I don't trust it. I wouldn't yeah. trust it. You know, if if you're going to go to a a major brand, one you're going to see how much it is on their site, then you're going to go to Amazon and see how much it is on there because you've got Prime. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to do all the traditional shopping behavior. I would not really buy anything from Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, stop forcing us. You know, all have optional buy-ins. Like, would you like to see it's like ads. Would you like to see ads? Well, no, I don't. But yeah. I appreciate it's a free app, and you've got to make your money somewhere. So stick it somewhere that's not, you know, uh, in in place of something that should be there. Like like I said, the notification icon is a big one. I've also noticed in the last two days, I've not been able to tag any accounts. Um, I've not been able to. Uh, well, my my hashtag reach and, and general reach has just disappeared the last few days. Yeah. And I, it feels. I think for the last year or so, Instagram has been very, very anti-consumer and anti-fun. Um, where they're trying to like spoon feed this monetization to us which is it's really frustrating me at the moment
1: yeah it it to me it seems like they're everything that failed on facebook they're trying to force into instagram because they know there's more users and yeah but it's all the stuff on facebook that no one liked in the first place and that's why they use instagram like i would really like to see instagram go back to just being like photos and captions and like being more of a story for each person to tell rather than So I know like there's a lot of creators, like I love them and their pictures are great, but like every post is an advertisement and it kind of, you kind of lose the credibility if you're always just pumping product down your followers.
0: Yeah, um, cuz I'm aware that basically when I do a, a you know a promotion post it's going to suck because people automatically see it's an ad. They don't engage with it. I get about half the engagement I would on an ad. So I don't want to do it every post. I want to do it you know every 5th, 6th, 7th post and in between is the stuff I love and obviously the stuff that your followers want to see. But yeah, uh, you know, in, IGTV bombed. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it cuz now you've got Reels, IGTV like the the app is becoming quite messy. It's quite yeah. full. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um you know, and, and there 's certain things they 've done which i don't think they 've done right like the reels i don't have a problem with reels per se, but they 're too short you know yeah. the, the, the the one thing they got right with i g t v is you could do sixty seconds um or longer um yeah. stories fifteen seconds a time is frustrating because the way the audio works with um the stories is there is a cut you can yep. hear the cut, so you, you when you 're trying to get a thirty second forty second video and layering it over f- three different stories it doesn't flow nicely yeah um so you go to igtv and no no one watches igtv so i've yeah. got this whole whole of, i've got this whole of a thumb you know uh page where there's four or five videos that no one sees or the people that see it aren't my followers they're random people yep. a bit like reels it's exposing it to people that aren't in your niche and funny enough a lot of the toxic comments i've got have been from doing reels yeah that's it's not that i'm, I'm not doing anything controversial it's just they're not my followers so they don't know yeah. me
1: well, because I feel like it's the reels are only really seen on the Explore page. And yeah. that's where people are watching it. And they're like, they don't know why it popped up in their feed anyway. So they're like, well, I might as well just spam this and rip the person apart. And it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, no. I just feel like maybe part of me is like, maybe the developers at Instagram are just putting as much into this as possible. And then they're going to cut back. But like you said, I mean, IGTV got added. A couple of years ago now, and yeah, it's a long time bombed ago. out, and they still haven't gotten rid of it. So,
2: yeah,
0: I actually know kidding, where
1: their end goal is.
0: It's a bit anti fun at the minute. I think everyone has felt, uh, to be honest, this isn't a new thing. It's felt anti fun for quite a long time, in so much that you know, when I when I when I was like, you know, you, your account size two thousand, and then three thousand, four thousand, five thousand. I always thought when you hit fifteen, or you hit twenty, or you hit twenty five something magical is going to happen yeah like you're going to get this natural three four thousand reactions per you know or likes per uh shot and and it's just gonna you're just gonna exponentially grow because you're exposed to more people and it's in a lot of ways it's felt like it's gone the other way it's a bit like car insurance i was always told it would get cheaper as you get older it doesn't yeah. work like that you just, <laughs> they just put the price up every year which is crazy but it, you know instagram does feel like that you know and if, if i looked at it a year and a half ago and said you know when you get to 20,000 it's it's gonna be really hard still. You know, it's gonna, yeah. every post you put out, you don't know if it's gonna bomb. You don't know if the hashtags are gonna trigger. You don't know if you're gonna get any reach. It's It still feels far too random if you've put the time in.
1: Well, in when, I, so I started my account back in February, I think it was. And I think my pictures now are a million times better than they were back then. And yeah. I'm much more analytical with the hashtags I use. But back then, I could get 10,000 views from hashtags without even trying. And then I think it was back in like late September, all of a sudden it like hit a wall. And Mm -hmm. like, I think yesterday my hashtags got like nine, but a week ago when I used the same ones, it got like 800 likes on the photo and like 15,000 views from hashtags. So it's kind of like you... What's the when formula? I work for them, it doesn't work. And then when I just throw random ones up there, it works. And I've tried doing the whole, if something's in the caption, reference it in the hashtags. And apparently it can read through the picture roughly and pick up like, oh, here's a microphone, here's a camera or computer. So I would try to do that and it, nothing works, no. especially recently. It's been awful.
0: You shouldn't have to think that hard about posting a good picture, right? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> that's the frustrating thing. It's It actually is anti-creativity because... What it forces you to do is stick with a very narrow uh, niche, yeah. Because you're scared stiff of changing your meta, yeah. Um, well, that's- and we've all we've all done it. Like yeah. you, you, you're you're obviously. I'm mean, looking at your page now. Obviously, you've in the last six images you've changed your style again. But it's not. Yep. You haven't changed your content. So that yep. for me is is what I'm talking about. Is you haven't changed your content. You've just changed your filter. And I've done that millions yeah. of times. But. I guarantee, if you were to post a picture of a of a mountain outside, oh,
1: would do horribly.
0: A, a, a great picture of a mountain yeah. outside. I'm not even talking just like on your phone. You were walking, so you're the same as me. You'd be scared of doing that yeah. because it's you would perceive it as a failed post, when actually that's kind of what Instagram for me was. Yep. you know, taking great pictures. And putting them out there and being exposed to all these people that might find that one image. And it might be different to every other post. But if, it, if it's hashtag mountain, hashtag outside picture, you know, it, it, relevant to the photo, yeah. of course, you were just talking about, then people who like mountains Would should see, see it. it. Yep. So you should get 2,000 likes from different people outside of your, your normal audience. That, for me, was in my brain how Instagram should work. That's why hashtags are there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, like, for example, my account was started all around coding and web development. And that's where the current username lodestar dev came from. Yep. Um, and I I think it was back in October, I realized that I didn't really want to dive so deep on the web development side of things. And I really kind of fell in love with the setups and just the photography. Um, yes, yeah. that's So I've been trying to transition it. And it's been, I remember, I think I grew from 200 something followers to, I think 1700 from August till mid October. And it, I've only grown probably 150 followers the last month uh, because I think Instagram is like trying to figure out who they should put my content out to um, mm. because it's, it has changed. Like I don't really talk about coding at all. And I remember back when I was doing it in early September and October, if I posted a picture where there was code on the computer screen, it yep. did great. But if I post a picture of just a blank wallpaper, it would do horribly. So And the hashtags always did great. Like I had found a great formula for all my hashtags and it was doing awesome. And then I decided, I was like, this is just not what I want to do anymore. It wasn't interesting to me. It felt more like a chore every morning to scrap together this thing. And I wasn't even coding at the time. Like I didn't have any time with school. So I was like, I'll just be more honest and just talk about the setup in general and like what I've done that day. And it's just... It's hard because part of me is like, okay, no one likes this at all. But then I look at the insights of it, and it's not even being shown to anybody. So I'm like, well, that makes sense. Why it's not getting exactly. any traction?
0: It's, it is a bit soul destroying when I mean, you think, you know, there is this kind of like hard wall that no one knows why it's there, yeah. how it works. Um, you know, so you you could you could take a great picture. I mean, obviously, I launched my um, my uh, picture yesterday of the secret project yeah. I was working on. Now, it was doing well in the posts, but when I actually went into it, I saw I had no hashtag reach, and it's nearly at a thousand likes now. So I know that those thousand are my followers. Yeah, they're, they're they're my genuine followers. They're people that know me, and probably it blew up within my followers because it was something new and shiny. Yep. Um, it, you know, there'd been a bit of a tease for it and a bit of anticipation. So when it dropped, it did well. So if, I'm happy with those numbers, but what if? Like that. That's a, that was an important post to me. That's yeah. something I've worked on for the last few weeks what if that had gone on a normal kind of explore page or a hashtag page? Would that have been like three and a half thousand likes? You just think, yeah. why did it not do it on that one? I did everything the same. And and I think that's where Instagram has become so hard. If you, if you are a new account now, um, or even if you're not a new account, you're just a small account, it's got to feel very very hard because the follow unfollow ratio is massive at the moment. Yeah. It's you know the the unfollows i'm getting is like 200 a week. Yep. So you've got to you know you've got to have 300 400 follows just to even make a dent to grow. Um but um my personal page has been on 400 it's now down to 398. I if i was trying to get that personal page up it is impossible. Yeah. You know i've, I've been putting nice pictures on my personal page with you know i've now done the whole lightroom taken with a DSLR but it's just pictures of my kids, family walks Mm. outside, you know, it's that sort of thing, but zero growth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's kind of disheartening when you're doing it. Like I've gotten over it. I think at this point a little bit where I'm just like, you know what, like I'm going to put my best foot forward and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if tomorrow's post is great, then great. Uh, But it is hard because I mean, I spend a lot of time like taking photos, putting them together in Lightroom Mm. and making sure it all looks cohesive And like the last couple of weeks, I've been really trying to find my editing style. So like I've spent a lot of time on my photos lately and they just have been doing awful. And like, it's hard to kind of ignore that side of things, even though I know it is just an algorithm issue or it's what they want it to do. Um, But it's just been tough to talk yourself out of thinking that your content isn't good enough when in reality, I would, I would say I always get like this huge spike of likes right in the morning because it's all my followers like liking it. And then around this time, there's just no one liking or following at all. Um, And that's kind of when it's past everybody who follows me. And now it's trying to reach out. But like I said, I get under a hundred views from hashtags. I used to get a bunch of views on the explore page and nothing lately. So it's just kind of hard to keep yourself in the mindset of, okay, it's going to work tomorrow. Just keep trying.
0: Well, this is where it's important to have people like us communicating and networking in the community because to be honest that's the only thing that's kept me going on Instagram for the last 12 months because I keep meeting new people and I think because my interests and style are slowly evolving just because they do naturally over time like you know I've gone away from the mad RGB um, you know pure gaming aesthetic you know RGB everything to kind of blending between the two and certainly with the podcast setup it's now very much black and warm kind of Uh, warm lighting and things like that so because i've gone looking for inspiration i've now made another 2030 genuine kind of connections where you know there's a fresh wave of inspiration coming through and and you know screw instagram and instagram's you know policies and and the way they work their algorithms i'm back to having fun again because i'm inspired um and and it's definitely the people it's definitely the people on instagram that keep you coming back and taking that photo because all it takes is three nice comments Uh, where it feels like you've made a difference to them that day in particular if you're doing a a post where there's a question yeah like the, the last couple i've had a couple recently where obviously i've asked a question or i've Uh, pose the topic where the the latest one was when I grow up which was something we spoke about in the last podcast of like when do you grow up you know when am I going to grow up I still don't feel like I've grown up yet I still feel like a kid Um, and then the previous one to that was you know social media is supposed to be fun and you can see when people come out and they're saying the same things and they're getting the same experiences it kind of it shows you that it's not you
1: yeah yeah
0: I think you're doing wrong
1: that's I've really tried especially the last couple weeks of when I was in classes, I got out of class, like right around the end of November. So I had a lot more time. And I really made an effort to go and find smaller accounts and go and find accounts the similar size of me and comment and DM them. And really, I wanted to work on like the community aspect of it. And I've seen Mm -hmm. that pay off not necessarily in the numbers side of things. But like you said, it's way more fun, because now I can post something and add a question at the bottom. And I know I'm going to get at least like three or four responses, even if it is just like a great shot or something more generic it still is nice to see uh, when somebody comments i'm like okay somebody saw it and somebody read the post and read the question and is answering the question and it makes you feel a lot better about it even if you only have 100 likes at least somebody got something out of it compared to before when i wasn't as i wasn't doing as much outreach and i would get like maybe one comment and it was very generic from like a spam account Um, so now like working on like the community side of it has really helped me kind of like you where it's, it makes it more worth it now because at least, you know, somebody out there is seeing it and liking it and kind of resonating with what you're saying.
0: Well, this is the crazy thing, right? Like Instagram has been amazing for me because I, the, the lifestyle that I have, like the guys that I I grew up with you'll you'll obviously go through this when if you plan to have children and things but you know your buddies in high school and things and I also moved around quite a bit so I lost touch with people but the the friends I have now are very different to my my long-term friends they still are really good friends but we just talk on WhatsApp you know we don't yep. really hang out much in particular with this year and covid even even less but I'll I'll talk you know I'll t- if I don't talk to them I will read messages between the group daily and I'll kind of you know I'll read it I might not reply but Instagram is where I'm talking much more and there are so many people now, you know, I, I, I couldn't even list how many people, you know, I've, I've become what I would call genuine friends with on Instagram, yeah. although we've never met. And this is, is bizarre, it's amazing, but it's bizarre is all of these people, the first people I speak to once I get past the wife is, I check my phone what's happening in our chat group we've got the royalty there's a small um chat group from uh, royalty on um on instagram you can only get 24 people i think in the chat group yeah. so that you know that's that chat group is full um but um you know that's constant all day all day there's people yeah. chatting in there and, and you get to know people's routines about their family about you know what they're struggling with at work and um, you know, just funny things that have happened, or someone's had something tragic happen, and you're all, you know, obviously just trying to make them feel better and stuff. It's it is a real thing. Yeah. Um, and I find Instagram is actually a very positive place for that. I, d- I don't get that on any other platform.
1: Yeah. No. I I really enjoy, and especially with quarantine and uh, COVID and everything, it's. I would say I have more friends that I talk to on a daily basis on Instagram that I've never actually met in person. Yeah. Compared to like my family moved around a lot since I went to school. So I don't go back home. I'm not really friends with anybody I went to high school with. A lot of my college friends have now left and like, I don't talk to them on a daily basis, but there's people on Instagram now that I talk to daily and have actual genuine conversations with. And I, I was never really a fan of social media a couple of years ago. Uh, but it's really changed now because I'm like, you can create a community and have friends all over the world that I never would have really thought was possible uh, so that side well, of it has been amazing. That is
0: the crazy thing. I mean, you know, I'm sat here talking to you in, in Mississippi. You know, we've got a we've got a, a notable age gap. Or, although you <laughs> know, uh, you look more mature than your years. You obviously speak more mature than your years. But in what other world can you? Kind of organise that sort of that friendship bubble where you just go right, you know, I really get on well with this guy, and then uh, two weeks later we're on a podcast in different areas of the world. Yeah, you know, it's now I don't even know what the time is here now. It's just gone nine o'clock, and we're just having a hangout and we're having a chat on a podcast which we both set up, you know, because we were inspired by people in the Instagram community. It's just it's insane, but it is for me it's such an important part of my life it's become, and that is a scary thing to say. Like, what if they turned off Instagram tomorrow? What would happen? (laughs) Um, you know, I'd be screwed. <laughs> I'd yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I value it massively. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. There are, you know, very rarely, but and occasionally some conflict or s- things go up and, and and I do get that anxiety. And that's yep. the kind of the downsides of social media is, you know, it's, it's great when it's great, when it's bad, it brings up real yeah. life You're emotions. Vulnerable. Yeah, stress, anxiety, you know, and and on those days, I think I don't need this. I've got a real job i've got real stresses you know real bills to pay this is for fun and that's where the 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 post came back to social media is supposed to be fun and sometimes we all need reminding of that is you know you might have a conflict with someone and it's over something very petty but is it real yeah no is a friendship real i believe yes i believe it is but i think problems that are created on social media are are not real
1: well it's stuff that no one would say to somebody to their face if they were face to face to them um but yeah, I, I think I forgot where I was going with my thought, but, oh, I was gonna yeah. say, um, back, I think it was one of your first couple episodes. You were talking about how, um, you, there's like a different, like my friends in real life have no clue that I have this Instagram page, which nice. is why I've kind of strayed from changing the name, but I'm planning on changing it next week. Once it it's, was locked by my other accounts, so I had to wait 14 days to switch the name. Nice. Um, but it's. It's nice to have like my, all my friends on Instagram have that similar um, interest, whether it be in desk setups or just technology in general. But then I can still have those friends um, in the real world that are like, I'm going to accounting school with, and like, we all, like that's one thing, and this is another. And that's, yeah. I think that's what's made the friendship so genuine on Instagram is that I know that these people are interested in technology, in photography, and that kind of stuff. And it's, but that's your hobby, isn't it? They're, yeah. yeah so it's, it's You're let me like open up career. another side yeah so.
0: yeah exactly you know the accounting side is going to be your career and you will make friends in that yeah but i, I tend to find yeah people don't get this and, and this has been a, co- a common running joke with all of uh, the the podcast you know what do you what do you call yourself you know when you're on instagram yeah. what do you do you're taking pretty photos and you know you call yourself a content creator or, or an influencer or whatever but if you're not in this in that kind of circle in that environment it, it must be very hard to digest and it's been the same for gaming that, that again one of the things i picked up on your previous podcast you're not really a massive gamer no. um you're into yeah. uh flight simulator which i i've been trying to download forever it's a very big <laughs> file and every time i go to i'm like it's killing the internet in the house yeah. so i've got to pause it so the amount of times like the kids can't then use their their ipads or their phones uh the tv then starts to stutter because of course everything's streamed these days yep. netflix prime so whenever i try and download flight simulator it kills the house yeah. so i i just need to do it when when everyone's asleep but um yeah you know that was a surprise to me you know i although you know i don't play as many games now as I used to when i was your age you know i was all in uh, yeah um, with gaming
1: i my parents were always big on not having video games and i think this is what's helped me because i've done so many things because i Mm. i don't think i was when i went home i wasn't like okay i guess i'm just gonna play video games now Um, i would be going out and doing other stuff whether it be going to sports or like when i started doing the video and photography stuff that was what i did after school um so I never had it as a kid. I got an Xbox when I went to school, but it ended up just being, like, Netflix. Um, yep. And now DVD I have a, I have Mark a too. gaming PC, quote-unquote, but the only thing I have downloaded is Microsoft Flight Simulator because I've always loved planes, and I was like, oh, well, it's cool to do it. Um, yeah,
0: it's less of a game, more of a, a, a sim, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, you just kind of fly around, and there's no real goal. But it's it's been not – like growing up, like all of my friends had video games and they would always be playing video games. And I, part of me was like, felt like I was missing out on that side of things. But I also think I did, I don't think I would be where I am today if I had like spent that time doing that. Um, because it did, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it did kind of make me think a little bit more mature about what I was doing with my time. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's, molded like back then kind of like i was saying like i wasn't big on social media i was a very private person i actually worked at the fbi one summer um in washington dc so i wasn't allowed to have social media so like back That's then it, it helped out because when i got there they're like okay like where are you online and i was like well i'm only in like i had a personal instagram but i had like 400 followers and no one really liked any of the posts and it was just once in a blue moon i would post something so yeah, yeah. it helped me then the next
0: james bond right here
1: yeah <laughs> but so like i don't think I missed out on anything but like especially kind of in this community on Instagram a lot of people do play games and now I'm looking at it more of like the social th- side of things I'm like well maybe I should get a game just so that I can have more chances to like just talk and hang out online um, mm. but then at the same time I look at it, I'm like I don't think I have enough time to sit down and play like get good at a video game because I'm horrible at them well I think
0: that's where you're, where we're lucky isn't it because you don't need to like there there's enough different niches on instagram whether it is the podcasting whether it is the 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 setup building whether it is um you know photography all those things is they 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 are a very similar uh kind of ecosystem yeah you know yeah i, I think e- i like I said
1: I'm not a gamer and I follow your account and i love your setup even though i would it is more of like a gaming setup compared to mine but I still resonate a lot with your stuff and other people resonate with mine yeah. who are gamers. So it's like there's very much a crossover, which yeah, is good. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. Because I don't really talk much about games anymore. That's the thing, because I, I, I genuinely don't have a lot of time to play them. And I was saying to uh, to one of my friends um, recently, I think it was uh, Mo, who's in our royalty group. And um, uh, actually, I think I said it on a podcast. And he said, you know, Matt, I just listened to your podcast and I do exactly the same thing. I will sit down to play a game knowing that I have a clear run of three hours yep. to just... Get vest- invested in the game. I did it this morning again with Watchdogs. <laughs> is I sit down, I turn the Xbox on or, or PC, depending what I'm playing on, and I'll sit there and I'll give it like twenty minutes, and then I zone out and I and yeah. I kind of think I need to be doing something else. Like there's there's yeah. something else that I should be doing, and I and I get this because I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm a strange guy in that I I I like the domestic side of the house. I think I I think I have undiagnosed I, I always joke about having OCD. I do genuinely believe yeah. I have it because Oh, my wife would say I, I'm the same way. Oh, if I look at something, it will eat away at me until I'm like I need to sort that out. Like I know straight after this podcast I've got to go sort the kitchen out. That yep. I was actually told to do that by the wife by the way. I was <laughs> Although I would have done it anyway. She's like, "No, please can you because she made a roast dinner tonight which obviously involves lots more pans and, yep. and plates and stuff." She's like Please, can you just tackle that tonight? She's on a night shift tonight, so she'll come Mm -hmm. home from potentially being awake all night looking after animals. She's an emergency veterinary nurse. Um, So she's potentially awake now, or she'll wake up at 3, and she might not go back to sleep. She might have an emergency caesarean or something. So I understand she's like, I don't want to come home to that tomorrow morning. I want to just come home, have a cup of tea, then maybe go to bed. So I'm like, yep, I'm on it. But... Whenever I'm doing like these things, the only thing which I tend to be quite focused on is is when I'm editing for Instagram. Yep. You know, I, I get the camera, I take my shots, I do the lighting, I get it onto the PC, I put it into Lightroom, I edit it, I get it back on the phone by emailing it to myself. Then I sit down and I plan which of those fifteen images I'm going to use. I tend to be quite in the moment with that, mm-hmm. but even so, that's half an hour, forty five yeah. minutes tops. But I sit down to play a game now, and I and I will be sat on the sofa and. I, I really struggle to do more than maybe half an hour before I get up, get a drink. I, I fidget. I fidget yeah. massively. Um, I'm not like that so much with programs. I watched four episodes of Vikings yesterday and just grinded <laughs> it out. And uh, yeah, I got pretty far with that. But yeah, gaming, I really, really struggle with. So I guess like when you're looking at my Instagram posts, they're not they're not massively pushing the gaming side. Although like you said, it's a gaming PC. For me, it's become more of an aesthetic yep. uh, and more about the the, the setup build. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I definitely
1: get a lot out of like the strictly game like I know there's some accounts that are like all about gaming and it's it's yeah. I've always loved learning about different things. So it's cool to like see that side and like peer into that side of the community. Um it's just for me, I don't think I could sit down and play like a real video. Like I could I remember when I was in college, like we would play Fortnite like as a group and like I yeah. prefer the social side of things than the actual game. Yes. Like I don't think I could sit down by myself and play like a single player game. I think I have to have that multiplayer like online social aspect to it if i were to play a video game
0: i agree with that i think this uh, certain single player games are great i'm i'm one that needs a good story because it's almost like watching tv i think that's when it grabs you i think that's what i'm not enjoying with um with uh, watchdogs is that it's a bit like GTA. Is there there is a loose story, but I don't. I think it's more about the the side missions, and you know you tend to go off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah. But I, I but I really did like things like The Last of Us Two um, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Although that was very much open world, the story was very very good and it grabbed mm-hmm. you. And if if I get a game like that, I, I can get pretty invested. But if it's one where it's kind of you can hop on for an hour, hop off, hop on, hop off, you never quite get that kind of flow going. Yeah. I lose interest very quickly. I was a bit worried I would do that with Cyberpunk. Obviously, I did get Cyberpunk and um and i got it refunded 5 days later. Oh really? Um, Did it was it not playable for you or it was really bad? I mean the the thing is obviously when they've done all of their um their their, their promotional work is they've put the strongest possible graphics out there. They've obviously oh, yeah. taken the PC view. So i went into it with really really high expectations on graphics and i th- this is where i'm a bit of a hypocrite because i've always said graphics aren't the most important thing um you know the story comes first and if the story's good you you can forgive graphics that aren't so good games like fallout were never that shiny in terms of graphics you know the witcher uh although you know it is a good looking game it wasn't groundbreaking um ghost of Tsushima was very pretty but again i wouldn't say it like pushed it onto the next level it was comparable comparable with a lot of other games um but when this came out it was It felt like a five-year-old game. And I was playing it on the Series X, you know. And I I, I understand about previous-gen first-model consoles because they are now over 10 years old. I I am always been one to say, I want next-gen to be true next-gen. I don't want a next-gen game to be playable on an old console because that means they're catering to an old old hardware and an old software. And I get Cyberpunk has fallen somewhere between the cracks. It's not a new-gen game, um, but they kind of pushed it at a time when xbox and playstation 5 have just launched yeah so the 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 stats and the specs and everything we've been told with the xbox and the playstation 5 is it should look like a pretty good pc kind of spec yeah but it didn't even look like a pretty decent pc spec you know the the textures and it's a really hard way to describe it but you walk along and something feels off yeah the shadows don't feel right the textures don't feel right. People are walking through objects, like not blatantly—they're not walking through walls, but it doesn't recognize they're walking up steps. Yeah. it doesn't recognize that they're, they're just kind of glide. They're gliding through stuff, yeah. and you know, it just felt very, very clunky. But then I get friends who are like posting pictures on Instagram, and they're playing on PC, and I'm like, "That's what I wanted to play. Yeah, that's what I was sold. That's what I'm expecting." And I think that was the the, the disappointment that came in. Then you add the bugs. Yep. That that was something I could have lived with and just been disappointed in. Then the bugs were the second part, where you'd be playing a game and, you know, you you'd be trying to fight this not a boss but kind of a a, a mission, yeah. and there'd be this end guy that you had to kill. And um, you know, I I threw a grenade and it blew them through the floor, <laughs> so you can only you can <laughs> only see them from you the waist up. Them. So yeah. of course they they couldn't move, so it was quite easy to finish the mission. But then yeah. when they died, they fell underneath the floor um so you you couldn't complete the mission and that yeah. for me as someone who likes to be a bit of a completionist that killed me straight away yeah I, like, oh, I can't complete that mission now therefore this game I you know I don't think that one mission might have held me back from a platinum but that's the sort of mindset of I cannot complete this game now yeah uh, and that was on the, that was the first mission that I tried yeah so it kind of it kicked me right in you know where it hurt straight away and then there was other things like i felt the car movement was was again just a bit lackluster it didn't do any particular one thing really well the story seemed to be good but the shooting mechanics the driving mechanics and again the graphics the shadows the textures they all kind of came together to me to like really disappoint me yeah um but i had hope because the story was good from from the early bits i had the dialogue um the comedy you know the the characters seemed well thought out I think this will be a good game. Yeah, but uh, like people who say never buy a first gen of anything, you know, I, 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 felt this one had been in development long enough that it was going to be good. But I think they're going to have some big patches now, January, February. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one you jump into, in April, yeah, and and then hopefully it's shiny and it's finished. And if it's not, I'll just buy it on PC. Because that seems to be, you know, the the best experience for it. But it was really disappointing. I'm a, I'm I'm really not a big fan of people that push out games that clearly are not what they promised, and then they have to push a big patch out. I get there should be an alpha and a beta, and invite the community in to maybe try those so that they can mm-hmm. work out the bugs. Because they did that with Destiny. Destiny. We talk about social games when that came out on the alpha, everyone jumped in, and then the beta, and then the full game came out. I think they'd worked out a lot of the kind of like glaringly obvious kinks. Mm-hmm. Um, there were still content which needed fleshing out but the game itself ran very good the mechanics were good destiny was a game that felt very very good uh to just run and shoot and and do all of that with your powers and things but i didn't get that feeling with with cyberpunk there was there was too many glaring things which i couldn't forgive
1: yeah i mean i feel for the developers like i don't I'm I'm one to argue that like when something first comes out, like you should expect the bugs. But I also see like I'm a graphics guy because I don't understand the actual like playing of the game. But I know like when Microsoft Flight Simulator, when they were announcing that it looked like like in all yeah. the videos, it looked like you were real life everything. Yeah. And then it comes out that they were running it on a $20,000 PC with four graphics yep. cards. So it's like obviously it's not going to look like that in person. And I, I do see the point where like, th- if that's bad and th- there's actual bugs, then it just is a mess. And it's I know like, yeah, when flight simulator came out, they had working on, they had worked on it for seven years, I think, and had tons and tons of beta testers. And so when it first came out, everybody was like, okay, this is going to be great. And then there were issues where like, there were skyscrapers that were like two miles high and people were yeah. finding all these bugs. But I think with flight simulator, it's a little different because it is truly an open world. like, it is the entire earth. It has been either created by AI or actual yeah. graphic design has gone in and made it.
0: Um, it's hard to cover all bases when you're dealing with something that epic.
1: Exactly, like people were flying over a little tiny town in Australia, and the hut was four miles high. And like, I get that that there's you can't really account for everything. Yeah, but at the same time, it if you're gonna build up so much hype for a game like Cyberpunk, for example, like at least be ready for the issues and be able to quick quickly fix them. And I do think. I think I talked about this in my last podcast. Like, they did take the right steps to offer the refund. Like, it wasn't like this has been drawn out for months, like a couple of weeks, and they're finally like, okay, if you don't, if you can't play it and you don't want to, go ahead and take your refund and come yeah. back in a couple of months once we get it all sorted out. But it is sad because you see these, like, these developers probably worked their tail off for it. And then probably somebody higher up was like, we need to push this out before Christmas. I agree. And it, I don't
0: blame the individuals at yeah. all in those. I, th- I think, you know, I think you can definitely tell. Even from the bits that I played, that it's been a labour of love yeah. for the guys that that built it up. It's um, you know I, I definitely don't hold individual people accountable i thought like you said i think it's the higher up guys the money men who said you know we need to get a return on this now We need to stick it out we can we can fix those problems later i i think the gaming industry massively needs regulating so that there is a there's an arbitrary body because in my industry there's a, there's an arbitrator if there's a mm-hmm. problem you have to go through the property ombudsman in the yep. uk and everyone has to subscribe to it and and it's a it's a it's a natural recourse if there is a complaint mechanism that needs to be started but I don't know if there is something in place. I'm just coming from a very naive perspective here. But for me, it feels like there has to be a certain amount of quality control um, and there should be something that needs to be signed off last. So the mm-hmm. developer sends the game out to this you know, arbitrary body, which then would stress test it quite yeah. heavily and if they said, you know, this falls short of one, what you've told the public in your in your PR campaign, for example, not showing first gen console graphics, only yep. showing the top spec light flight simulator, showing on a 10,000 PC is not the real experience that most of your users are going to do. So you've got to tickle those boxes. Is it, is it a fair and accurate representation of what the majority of people are going to play the game on or how it's going to look? Um, you know is it running as smooth as it should all those sort of things and and they they might have a certain kind of failure rate of like you know it needs to get above 40 percent or some something and then it goes out and then they have the ability to fix and patch and and bug test later but i think if it falls below that it's like no guys you haven't you haven't got that what you need to get that triple a rating um you know back to you And unfortunately, your fans are going to have to wait. But I think that would improve the user experience at the other end.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I know that no one can prepare for every bug to go wrong. And I think once, Mm. kind of like what you're saying, once it's been stress tested, you're, you know, roughly what you can deal with. But it's like, why didn't they, I mean, I'm sure there's at least 100 something people that work at the company that they could have sent it home with and be like, play it for the weekend. Let us know if something goes wrong. And it just feels like they like scrapped it on, put the end title on and just shoved it out into the world. And of yeah. course, there's going to be tons of issues. And then to set this expectation, like I knew when I watched the videos, I was like, okay, these graphics are amazing. But I'm, I know this isn't on an everyday, like household PC or computer or a console. So it's kind of you have to be able to see past that. But then to just completely sh- fall short of that is mm-hmm. another thing. Like I don't have a top of the line graphics card i think i have a 1660 super and i can still play microsoft Flight simulator on pretty good graphics to where it looks realistic like it's not ultra everything but that's more due to my internet connection but like with that they they didn't completely leave me high and dry and i'm looking with like minecraft looking planes like it looks (laughs) it looks real just not like movie trailer quality but i didn't really expect it to be there but it's kind of like with this they hyped it up, hyped it up, and then said you could play it on Xbox One. And I know if I went and downloaded it on my Xbox One from seven years ago, it would not work at all. Yeah, so. I mean that's the
0: difference with PC, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you know, because the PC isn't it's kind of an it's like an open source, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because everyone's PC is different and it has different parts and things. I think when you come into a game from a PC mindset, you almost kind of kind of knock yourself down by going, "Yeah, but my PC isn't that." When yeah. you buy a console, you don't have the ability to scale up so yeah. you, like you've got you know i've just bought a 400 pound console or, well whatever it was three What i can't remember what the xbox was yeah. at the time but it was 440 or something like that but that is supposed to be the pinnacle of of console gaming and i can't change that so that yeah. console should be able to perform whatever's thrown at it as the latest tech with the pc it's very different you would load up flight simulator and it would probably say on the packet minimum required yeah uh kind of um stats and then it would have optimum so like you know to get the best experience you probably would need a, a 2080 yep um i think my graphics card because i'm running a, a um a radian build is is probably similar to yours mine's the rx 5600 xt which i think is f- yeah i think that's around similar to the yeah. 1660 so we probably have very similar specs um and um yeah i would pr- totally appreciate if i loaded up a game and, and put it on ultra yeah my computer's gonna melt
1: well you can kind of blame yourself on that one because you're like okay well i can't like in a couple months i'll upgrade my graphics card and I'll look at it but yeah. like with the xbox you can't rip the xbox apart and upgrade anything it's like well if it doesn't play on this why even say that you can put it on here like and i think that's What's where the, point? The, the,
0: the, the i think that's where the kickbacks come from the console uh, from everyone that's got the, the game has been very disappointed is especially people who've got the next gen consoles and still found it to struggle is like well i can't do anything to fix it
1: yeah you know well then, then it comes back PC, to sony and microsoft where it's like now they just came out with these new consoles and everybody's playing the new game and they don't play it and it's like bad advertising for everybody
0: it's, yeah no one wins yeah everyone loses the consumer loses because they obviously have a uh, sucky experience yeah right? put their money into it and then obviously, you know, the, the the distributors are getting having to refund everyone. So they've obviously factored in, you know, that they were gonna make XYZ sales and now they're having to refund it all and sit on the stock or, you know, all of those things. So no one wins in this scenario. Yeah. Um I, I guess with Cyberpunk it's so fresh and raw because they'd already delayed a couple of times. So it was like everyone was like goodwill. No, get it finished. I'd rather yeah. you release a finished game. A lot of other games, you know, they didn't delay once or twice. They just came out and there was a problem. I think maybe if they'd come out a year ago and they were like, "Right, there's loads of problems," but by having the the first delay, and then they're like, "We're going to launch," and then the tweet, oh, "I'm really sorry, guys, we've delayed yeah. again because we want to get it right. We want the experience to be good." And and I was like, "Yeah, cool, I'm down with that. That's yep. fine." And it was a big delay. I think it was like a five month delay. So you're like, "Nope, fair enough. I've got other stuff I can play. I'm going to let it go. I've got no bad will to them. They've said exactly the right things. If it's not finished." And then bring it out, not finished. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! It's like you, you're asking for trouble now.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I if you're gonna delay it, delay it, and like put the work in and make yeah. sure it's worth playing. Like, I don't know. It just. I I had a thought you No, can I can't de- really remember can what de- it was.
0: You can only delay so many times, right? I think they got to the point. Is it was coming up to new gen consoles. It wasn't a new gen game. It's coming up to Christmas, busy season for sales. I think it came to a crescendo where they were like, the guys at the top were probably saying, if you delay this any longer, the new gen consoles yeah. are going to have be been out for two, three months. It's not a new gen game. Um, we're coming into our busy retail season, gifts, shopping and things. And I think it was just a culmination of all of these pressures to to get it out. And it, it clearly wasn't ready again. But well, yeah, I think, hopefully they sort it out. I've, I've got, I've got, you know, although I seem like I'm slating it, it's because I want it to do well. Yeah. And I want to enjoy that game. And I will get that game again. I'm just going to shelve it for two, three months and just let them polish it.
1: Well, I think this, the fact that it came out this year really hurt them too. I think because everybody's at home, they're spending more time on their consoles and they're playing. I yeah. think if this had been any other year, they could have skated by with the issues and fixed them. But like, everything this year it seems like okay you're building up to a building up, and everybody's getting excited And it's like the only thing that people are thinking about and yeah. then it bombs out and everybody's like oh what the heck like this complete failure we don't want to play this and so I yeah. think they were hurt big time by that because it was like such a pinnacle moment and then it just fell short of everybody's expectations so like the timing of it was hard for them to kind of deal yeah. with that as well but like you said if they're gonna keep delaying it like get it it better be polished off by the time they're done if they just keep pushing it pushing it pushing it so
0: yeah i mean you you never really see like an iphone launch delayed i know it might sometimes i think we had a month this year maybe because of obviously covid and stuff but you know they 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 get these things right yeah and i I get you know a small developer although they're not that small you know it's not apple so you know we've got to take it all with a pinch so i think i think the thing is, as gamers, you you want things to nail it. You, you know, you want the next game to be the best game. When when Destiny came out, um, and the reason I always refer to Destiny is because, like you mentioned, it's a very social game. It's where I made my first gaming friends. Yeah. It's the first game I played online with other people that stayed friends, and I, st- I still talk to now, like seven years later. But they talked about making a ten year franchise, and I think you've got to go into every game trying to make, you know for me if it's a multiplayer in particular a game that's going to last a long time like league of legends and things i've never mm-hmm. played it but people have played that for years years and years, yeah. and years and people still play destiny for all those years but you know equally ghost of tsushima i finished it i put it down i'm quite happy with that experience so i never need to play that game again yeah. i was really happy with it i felt i got my 50 bucks worth and uh and i can move on if they bring out other content for it or dlc or whatever that's a brucey bonus but I was I was happy with that. And that that's kind of what you want from a game. Is it worth the fifty bucks you've paid on it or sixty bucks, whatever yeah. they are now? Um if the if the core answer is yes, then job done. That's what yeah. I was there for.
1: I mean for for me, like from the outside looking in, I think it's I think a game can only be as successful as the community that stands around it. So I know like Call mm-hmm. of Duty, like there's a tight-knit community of Call of Duty players and they love it and they will mm-hmm. play every game no matter I mean they re-released Modern Warfare and everybody yeah, fell yeah. in love with it again. But again. So yeah, it, like if you can game. as a developer if you can create that community then I think you can get over the humps of a couple bugs because they're like okay we know what's possible so we'll we'll wait out and see what yeah. you can do but I think if you yeah, if oil. you're pushing out a new game it better be good enough to create that community that will support it with even with people online hating it and
0: yeah uh, and i agree it's the same with apple and all of those things in the road obviously you know you're a, you're a road fan i'm a blue mic fan but they might yeah. bring out one mic which isn't so good it's not going to put you off the brand forever um or you know there, there's one product that apple bring out which just doesn't do so well but, um, you know, it's very quickly forgotten because there'll be another product in six months time yeah. or a year and that's going to smash it. So I think with games, like you said, when there's such a long development time, you know, they're not going to want to go in and spend another eight years making another one of those games, yeah. which doesn't do well. You know, I do feel for them, you know, it's a long development time for a game when everything, moves, you know, we're in the tech world. We know how quickly stuff moves on. So when they first started that game seven years ago, half of the stuff that they probably use now wasn't yeah. available. So yeah. yeah, you know I, I I do feel for them in, in that aspect, but yeah it's been it's been a weird month. It's been a weird month for tech and not being able to get tech, and there's still people that still can't get graphics cards. And obviously, I still can't get a PS5 for love nor money. I've given up <laughs> now. I've spent the money on other things. Uh, I spent it on the podcast call yeah. <laughs> instead. Um, I did like this month. I'm like, how how have I spent so much money this month? Like you know, because I had the PS5 money ready. Um, I didn't have all of it ready, but I just one more paycheck I could have bought the PS5. And I was mm-hmm. like, I I've, I'm kind of looking at my setup and thinking. Yeah, I know. I've spent it on speakers and uh, and and wood and materials yeah. and and all that sort of stuff. It just goes very very quickly. But yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a crazy couple of months. Um, so I'm just mindful of the time here. We're getting to like an hour and fifteen. So let's move tack quickly. Okay. We're about to hit Christmas, and I think you may be the last one before Christmas. I might sneak another one, but the twentieth today, as my kids would say, four sleeps, yeah. four sleeps until until the big day um what's your plans for christmas what are you going to be doing what's it like in america for christmas at the moment
1: uh so we will be going to where so we live in northern mississippi and my wife's family lives in central mississippi like two hours away so we're going down there for christmas eve and christmas day um and doing all the family get together stuff there and then we'll be coming back up here um nothing super exciting i start classes again um right after new year's so it's just been nice to kind of take a break from everything yeah and not be surrounded by homework and college students and everything so nothing too crazy but it it is nice to us like Thanksgiving we went and visited my family and her family and it was nice to be back in that like family atmosphere because we've gotten very used to it it just being the two of us and we don't really see anybody because no one really wants to hang out right now because everybody's kind of some people are like very concerned about COVID and some people aren't and it's just like this weird environment Um, but yeah we're looking forward to it
0: it's nice that time I mean for me I've got two and a half more days work so uh, two full days and then a half day on Wednesday and then I get my traditional 10 day break because I used to work in retail Mm -hmm. um, so I used to to hate Christmas Um, although I'm a a huge big kid I love Christmas I love the whole I love the thought of Christmas the reality of Christmas is like it's over very quickly and I get disappointed these days but I'm kind of reliving those Christmas magic with my kids yep um, is seeing their excitement and stuff. Although I still think I'm more excited than them half the time because I'm like, yeah, four more seats, you know, then we all get our presents and stuff. Um, you know, they're only four and six, so they're still kind of fine in their way. Um, but, you know, I, I look forward to that, that 10 day break where I can completely forget about work and uh eat loads of food drink uh, and all those sort of things but like you say it is weird this year because christmas eve was one of my favorite days because we would in in our town bournemouth there is a really nice uh, there's a really nice set of gardens which connect the center of town to the beach mm-hmm. you know bournemouth is a beach town we've got a really nice 7 miles of beach um it's not particularly warm here so it's not like <laughs> california but in europe it's it's regularly voted the best beach in europe okay we're very lucky in our town it's very pretty very picturesque We've got an incredible beach. Um, we've got, well, one side you've got the beach, the other side you've got lots of uh, kind of green belts. We've got kind of nice nature walks and mm-hmm. uh, really nice places to go and kind of have these pub lunches. And and, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a very nice place to live. But normally in the gardens, which connect the town center and the beach, you have uh, an artificial ice rink and they build this massive sort of alpine bar. Yeah. And you go in there and it's all Christmassy. It kind of reminds me of what, because i always think america go big on christmas oh whenever yeah. you watch the christmas films like the way they do their department stores uh the way they do like you know the high streets and, and decorate the shops and things and it might you know it probably is a lot of it is very true a lot of it yeah. is hollywood but that's how i see it england don't do it very well they put some lights up hanging from street lamp to street lamp um and it's all a bit naff yeah but the alpine bar is like walking into like an American Christmas the Hallmark movie. Yeah, the Hallmark movie. You yeah. go in and it's just you know the greenery and the the bells and the trees twenty foot tall. And it's got music playing and there's the smell of hot dogs and, you know, it's kind of because it's it's an outdoor bar. So it's got artificial heating and then you've got the ice rink outside. So it feels like you're in New York. and All the kids are going around there. And I'll sit down with my friend. We'll sit. They got these um, log burning fires, which I love. And you would sit next to those. You'd have about four pints of beer, (laughs) hot dogs. The kids would be on the the ice rink. And we do that. That's our our tradition every year is we go and do that. And this year we won't be able to do it. Yeah, it sucks.
2: It, so
1: I I grew up in northern North America or northern of the United States. I grew up in Minnesota, um, so yeah. I grew up with snow every oh, year nice. and just piles and piles of snow. And now, since living in Mississippi, there's no snow here, so I've kind of lost that winter wonderland esque thing. Um, oh, but that's magical, I know. But the the town we live in, so we live in Oxford, Mississippi. Which um, yeah, if you've ever heard of Ole Miss, the University of Mississippi, that's where I go to school, and okay. it is a snow globe town. We call it because it's a very like old traditional southern um, united states town so there's you drive into like the quote unquote downtown and it's there's a big white courthouse and all the shops kind of line the outside and lately they've been stringing lights from the very top of the courthouse all the way down to the stores and they have all these wreaths on every window and they have big christmas trees everywhere so it is literally like you walk in it's a snow globe um, and everybody comes down to visit because everybody thinks they're like in a Hallmark movie. And last weekend they had an artificial ice rink set up. They closed the streets down. They had like horse-drawn carriages everywhere. And so it was just really cool to see that, even though there's no snow, it is somewhat of a holiday winter-esque area. Um, yeah, but, that
0: sounds amazing.
1: But next year we'll be so once I finish school in the spring, we're moving up to Boston, Massachusetts, where they do have snow, and it's very much like winter wonderland in the winter i think the other day they got almost like a foot and a half of snow in the city so i'm excited to get back to the snow
0: i definitely love the idea of boston you know my family's irish um Mm -hmm. so that's that's like my heritage. so i've always felt a kind of a a connection to boston for those reasons yeah Um, but it's a place i've never been it's one of the i've only been to new york um in america we went there oh it must be a good 12 13 years ago now um but you know did stayed in the Waldorf, did yep. the central park thing obviously this was post twin towers so we went to the site this is before they put up the new yeah. uh the, the the new building there and uh you know we we obviously they were still doing much of the demolition it was very kind of um uh, very emotional still, to be yeah. honest with you and and seeing all of that and and going to the little church which was unscathed right next to the site and and things it was an incredible thing, but then we also did the nice things like going to i 'm a big film guy as yeah. most people probably are on Instagram, but you know seeing where I am Legend was filmed, seeing where Ghostbusters was filmed um seeing where home Alone was filmed, you know at the plaza and uh, and all of those and um yeah, it was like magical it, yeah. in New York it ticks every box um the day after tomorrow where they did the uh, the, uh, the 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 central library where the wave comes in and it you know they all run up the steps to to there and it was just surreal like because yeah. so much has been filmed in new york you don't have to go far to go i recognize that yep yeah that's that was that i was can't wait
1: to move i remember uh, i was telling this to one of my wife's family members last night the so we, my, one of my last, so I was in Boston from January till March of this last year doing my internship where I will yeah. end up go working this summer. And it was like one of our last nights there and my roommate at the time, he was like, all right, we got to go to this bar. Um, it was more like a pub. It was like a very like Irish Catholic pub. And nice. so we went and like, it was down these, like this dark steps into like the side of a like, um, townhome basically. And it was underneath everything. So we were down there drinking and it was awesome. The inside was really picturesque and we so then like a week later i was watching a mark Wahlberg movie and he's from boston and yep. it was like they were he was playing a police officer or something and he like goes into this bar and i was sitting there looking at. It, i was like i've seen that wall before and so i like rewinded it and watched it over again and it turned out to be the bar that we were in like a week before that and so it was oh, cool to be so like cool. oh wait that's i was right there like at the table he's sitting at and it looked the exact same in the movie as it did when we were there in real life so I'm excited to get starstruck still. Yeah. yeah,
0: That's like, that's a part of your history now, but it, but it is very much like that, you know, going into, uh, although we didn't go into all the buildings, but you know, you just walking outside the plaza and then going into central park. And it does, it just looks just like the film. Um, it's a very magical place, New York. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's lots of other places around America that equally as exciting to go to. But, yeah, I think that's sort of on our bucket list when the kids are a bit older, where me and Carly can, you know, we can leave, leave the kids with grandparents. We yep. can do a week away. Well, we'll have um, to get you out moment, to Boston sometime oh that would be sick i would love it because i don't i don't think anyone does kind of irish pub like boston i think they do it even better than the irish to be fair yeah
1: it's it's amazing like i've only been i was only there for two and a half months and i like if you're from boston like they are proud of it and they will let you know and it's like you it's a culture and it is awesome to like be immersed in it and like go to all the restaurants and pubs and in the summertime they have right across the street from my office they have they set up like a whole beer garden so they have they take like ship cargo containers and they cut the sides out and those are the bars so they'll have
0: like five or six of those spread nice. out and like everybody's just having a good time so it's it, it, it definitely comes across i think boston definitely comes across as a it's like patriotism is the wrong word because obviously that's a country-wide thing but it's like almost like local patriotism isn't it it's yeah like that, for that whole kind of culture and it's a very unique culture in america isn't it it's kind of it's it's got a lot of european in it yeah but it's, they've, almost made, they've, they've made it their own
1: yeah it's i've never been to the uk but it definitely feels like you're in a whole different area like new york is very industrial and like it, it kind of screams new york but boston is like yeah. a whole nother world because like a lot of the buildings they've left up since they were like there originally so it's a lot yeah. of like pre-colonial era and then you'll have like this massive skyscraper next to a little two-story wood house because they've they've strategically like placed the new stuff around the old stuff. So it doesn't like when you're walking around, it doesn't feel like you're in like a brand new city. It's all cobblestone streets and you yeah. trip your it's ankle. Also, it's a
0: heritage. there. Yeah. there's a bit of history. So it, I, yeah, I'm no, excited. That sounds awesome. That's definitely on my list. Well, look, when you, when you eventually get there and uh, you know, all this craziness has subsided and our kids get a bit older, we'll definitely put that on the bucket list um and and do something like that so yeah look it's been awesome to hang out this is uh this has been one i've been looking forward to all week hopefully uh it's, it's been as fun to be on as uh, obviously we built it up to be um so you know i think i think in the next year there's definitely going to be a lot more content creation along the way i think um it's going to be brilliant to see your podcast evolve and see whether it does kind of go down the route is currently going down, which is obviously your solo one um, mm-hmm. and talking about your experiences with tech and and uh, your experiences in life, which again, you've done so much already. It's only exciting. What, See, you know, I, what I feel
1: extremely naive talking about all this stuff because I'm like, I'm only 23 years old. Like half this stuff I'm saying, I'm like, does this really come across like I know what I'm talking about? Or does it sound like I'm just kind of spitting Random stuff out at people, but well, I
0: think I think the thing is we talk about our own experiences. I think that's why we, we wanted to you know I wanted to keep the podcast just very, very off the cuff because mm-hmm. you know I, i'm we used an expression um previous in the previous podcast of like a jack of all trades, a master of none yep. i don't feel like i'm particularly brilliant at one thing, yeah, um but I know enough to get across multiple genres and topics yep. um but if you put me in a room with a, a developer or put me in a room with a guy that builds. Apps or or something, you know, I'm I'm gonna be struggling. Yeah. But you know, I, I think I've got so many different kind of hobbies and stuff. Um, I'm I'm curious, which I th- I definitely get from you as well. That if you get an interest in something, you explore it further. Oh yeah. And 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 a lot of that will be self exploration. You'll be going onto YouTube or reading articles and things. So, you know, you it kind of evolves into your understanding. Is not what you'd learn from a textbook. So yeah, if, if you went to a class and got taught it you probably would find out most of the stuff you understood to be different yeah doesn't mean it's wrong though it's just your your understanding of it but yeah no it's the these podcasts are not here to kind of bring on experts in fields it's really just to get fun guys together you know shoot the shit and, and talk about whatever we're thinking about on the day and you know we we've obviously got a lot of things we we agree on on uh, social media and, and all of those things but yeah you know it's it's always fun to come on and uh this is different where normally you say put a face to a name. Yeah. <laughs> I These are put a voice to a yeah. face, to an account. <laughs> it's nice to put a voice to an account. Um, and and that was one of the fun things I got from from all of my guests so far is you see them, you see their face, you see them smiling. But you, you kind of have a voice in your head for what they're going to sound like. Yeah. So it's nice to get them on. And you obviously speak so, so well already you have got a really nice voice to understand and it's kind of got a really nice tone to it and it's it's positive i find americans are very very good at having positivity in their voice whereas i think uh we can be guilty sometimes over here of being quite flat yeah um smiling when you talk is not something that english do (laughs) there's a woman that keeps popping up on my tiktok uh her name's karen someone or other she does like uh wellness and kind of meditation and stuff but she smiles so much when she talks yeah it almost looks weird
2: yeah see
1: I've Um, had to because with accounting we've done a lot of interview prep and like learning how to and I've I've never really struggled that per se with that because I do I love to tell stories and just talk in general uh, but they're always like make sure you're smiling and make eye contact so I've kind of been subconsciously trained on that but I'm very much the type to just wing it. And half the time I'm smiling because I'm getting a kick out of what I'm saying because I'm just completely making it up on the spot. Uh, That's me. And I I like feed off of the energy of everything. I remember at our um, rehearsal dinner in July, I was not supposed to give a speech. And my wife told, my now wife at, at the time, fiance, she told me, she's like, don't worry about giving a speech. Like everybody else will give a speech and you'll be fine. And then like right at the end of this dinner, she bumps me and she's like, okay, it's your time to give a speech. And I was like, huh? Like I was not prepared for this. And I got up and just winged it. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, that was so great. Like our photographer could not stop talking about it. And I was like, I have no clue what I said, nor do I know what I was going to say beforehand. And it's when I do that, I feel like it's a lot more natural of who I am. I know on one of my podcasts, um, I tried to like put notes down of like what I was going to say. And it just kind of fell flat in my head. And like, I still put it out there just kind of as a learning experience for me, but it wasn't like who I am, I think, or my true voice, because it was kind of, I was trying to hit all these topics that I had laid out beforehand and it just did Mm -hmm. not flow well. It didn't feel right. And I wasn't really adding any of my personal experience to it, which I'm going to try to practice on, like actually creating a story around it and being able to relate like the human side of things, whether it be a more informational podcast or like an interview.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. You could, uh, I, I'm, I try and just make maybe even just a couple of bullet points on on note on a notepad uh, or on notepad on the PC, uh, and it's just to steer you occasionally yeah. onto onto something. But I don't, I really didn't want to type loads of stuff down just literally talk about kids talk yeah. about christmas talk about it it's just little kind of reminders to keep you on path so you don't kind of go off on a complete tangent or at least you can come back to it but yeah I'm very much the same as you I think do it on the fly um keep it natural keep it personal experiences because if it's a personal experience it can't be wrong mm-hmm. you know if you're yeah. coming in that I I'm doing a tech podcast where I'm going to tell you fact 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 Someone's going to pull you up on a fact checker. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's your personal experience with, even if you are doing tech content, if it's from your personal perspective, I mean, it's your personal perspective. Yeah. It's, you can't be wrong, right? Yeah. That's kind um, of what so, I
1: aim for with the, like, the talk about tech segment. It was like, it was just kind of, I saw the headline and then just talked about my thoughts on it. Not necessarily, like, I'm not, I don't, I know that not all of it was 100% correct, but it was more of what I was, kind of my opinion on what was happening and what could have been improved on and whatnot. And so, I'm I'm trying harder to integrate like the personal side of things because like you said no one can call you out for being wrong on calling something the wrong thing when it's just you're kind of giving your open opinion on it and I, yeah. I, based on Michael's last video people can call you out for giving your opinion I guess but uh, <laughs> it's very much it's, so it's not as one. dangerous I guess
0: well, I think that's you know when you start doing a premium product that's just been launched, and you're doing an, you know you're doing an impressions and a review of such, you know people are going to be going on there expecting all the juicy details. So you know I guess when you're going on and then doing more of a personal sort of yeah. very very new unboxing experience of like you know it feels a bit this and that, and and people are like well I didn't want to hear that I wanted to hear that it's the best product you know. So I, yeah. I guess the thing is when you when you put yourself out there as as reviewing the very latest hottest most expensive product, yeah. Um, you know, they put you on a high level yeah. of expectancy. I think that you know, the
1: viewer gets more defensive over the product because they think it's going to be amazing. And yeah. I would say most of the people leaving the comments weren't even, didn't have the product in their hands, but just wanted to just fire off on him.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. You know, I've, I've heard better things from this guy and, and things. But, you know, it, it, that's the thing. You, you, I, I Like I said to Michael, because I know him, when he puts content out like that, I find it endearing. Mm hmm. Because I'm like, ah, oh, he's just being so real with it. That is exactly what Michael's like. He'll get it out of the box and he'll be like, Yeah, it feels a bit plastic. You know, I don't take offense by that because I know that's his first yeah. impression when he opens the box up. But but people who are like Apple, you know, gurus and stuff, yeah. they're like, It's not plastic, it's <laughs> aluminium or whatever. You know, they just start raging. But for me, you know, I I, I watch guys that I can relate to on a personal level. If they if I want to go and find out specs, I will get like you said, I'll get the guy that's got two hundred thousand views because mm-hmm. I want to know that he knows his stuff. But if if I'm watching stuff because it's c- fellow content creators, I just want to see them. Yeah. And I want to see them excited about a product. And, and, you know, they might not give me any information which I can take away from it, but I enjoy watching them. The same way I'd hope people would listen to these and go, you know, that last hour and a half, I didn't learn anything, but it felt like I was hanging out with a buddy. Yeah you know and and just listening to some stuff while i was driving the kids to school and you know i i connected with that person and that that for me is 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 worth so much more than being a really really knowledgeable fact guy and a, you know there is a time and a place for it but it's not me yeah yeah well i think
1: these days there's so much technical information out there that no one really wants to take that in more than they have to so it's it yeah. has come down to who's who's making it feel more like you're just talking one-on-one with the person, even though you're one of a million people listening. So Yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. Well, look, we'll leave it there because we are at an hour and 34. It's amazing how quickly this time slips yes. away, and it's quite easy to go on to another topic. So, yeah, I'd like to round up by saying thank you so much, Grant, for coming on to this um, and being my first non-parent guest. But you are definitely obviously making those sort of moves by being married at 23, which I think is incredible. (laughs) Uh, You obviously are laying those roots down early. I didn't get married till I was in my 30s. so Again, you're way, way ahead of me. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, Um, obviously, with it being still very weird. But I think over there, it still feels like you're going to still get some family time, which is great. Uh, for me, my wife's working Christmas Day. So Christmas Day for me, is just going to be with the kids and we'll have another Christmas Day on Boxing Day. Um, so I get two, Christmases, two Christmas dinners. Well, there uh, you go. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Exactly. So which is good. <laughs> you know, it used to be, you used to get excited about New Year's Eve. I don't get excited in the slightest yeah. about New Year's Eve, in particular with COVID now. But, you know, I hope you have a fantastic time uh with your wife and uh and and really kind of recharge for a very big push-off in in 21 i know your content's going to be fire
1: yeah well thank you very much for having me um this was a lot of fun to do my first interview and just to actually get to talk to you in person and um hang out so yeah i hope you have a great i didn't disappoint no it was a lot of fun (laughs) it's like my social hour thank you
0: yeah it is yeah that's it and that's what these are designed to be let's you know jump on hang out and if we want to do the same in a few months time once we've done kind of a a rotation and likely if 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 your podcast evolves into bringing people on i'm always there for you buddy so um yeah thank you again for coming on we're going to um i'm going to link into uh your socials in the bio to this so anyone that's listening if you want to go check out grant's instagram i will link to that Uh, equally the youtube um you know any anywhere else that you can find grant and equally to his podcast so do go have a listen. It's a really nice listen. Um, It is digestible because it's kind of 25, 30 minutes, perfect for driving into work or for just, you know, walking around the shop or, you know, any of those kind of, like we said, those those tasks that you're doing where you can zone out a bit, do the washing up, listen to someone cool. Definitely recommend jumping on Grant early because he's just started it and already four episodes in. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where that's going. So Grant, thank you so much. Uh, God bless. Have a great Christmas. and uh and we'll catch you very very soon thanks bro thank you so thank you all that is a wrap we'll be moving on to the next episode very soon once again thank you for tuning into this podcast you can follow me over on spotify apple podcasts or google podcasts every follow and listen is very much appreciated thank you all and i hope to speak to you very soon on this podcast and i hope you've enjoyed today's show